And it was just part of the mechanism of my brain's use of sugar as a way to keep me stuck in this looping pattern of thoughts mm. that sabotaged my, my ability to be grateful with life and be connected to life. And, you know, when I, when I, again, this idea of, well, what is it about rock climbing that, that did whatever it did yeah. biologically, you know, having the ability to in the moments of life that I am about to take an action that doesn't serve me to have the ability to notice the relationship between my mind and my nervous system in that moment and use my nervous system to teach my brain to be okay, to feel safe, to feel loved. That's what changed my relationship to sugar. It's what changed my relationship to everything in life, but it required me being very mindful of the moments my brain was trying to create a stress response. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds, and the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boyer, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. I love that you are listening to this podcast episode with Adam Hart because we have a really beautiful conversation about gratitude. He leads us through a beautiful breathwork exercise, and he also shares how he overcame his sugar addiction, which If you know me, you know it's something I've struggled with for many years. So I'm excited to download his uh, six-step process to help me work through my own sugar addiction. You can grab that free download yourself in the podcast notes. Before we start this episode with Adam, I invite you to share this podcast with someone in your life that is struggling with an addiction and would love to reconnect back to being present and connecting back to their breath. Adam helps us to do this in a simple way and reminds us that these moments in time that we spend being grateful and being connected are truly the beautiful moments that make up a wonderful life. One more quick thing. Have you had a chance to rate the podcast on your favorite app? It takes just a quick moment to give this podcast a five-star rating. And what that does is it helps other people see this podcast when they're looking to listen to a podcast about gratitude. Thanks, friend. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. No more time to waste. Let's get into this interview with Adam Hart. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming Adam Hart to the podcast. Hello, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Julie. It's so neat how Adam and I have all these great connections. And if you haven't met Adam yet, Adam is an international speaker and personal transformation coach whose mission is to help as many busy parents as possible enhance the daily quality of their life for themselves and their families. Adam's passion for sharing his knowledge has led to over 400 plus speaking engagements and the creation of his successful coaching programs. Adam also authored a best-selling book called The Power of Food, which highlights his personal journey with turning his sugar addiction into a powerful source of love. <laughs> Adam, I'm I feel like we could talk about so many things and I know <laughs> that gratitude is also 
a really important part of your journey. But as I love to start the podcast, I would just invite you to share some of your story with our podcast audience. Yeah. Well, I, and I appreciate uh, being with you today for sure. And, you know, I think the, the, the main theme of my story is this, um, uh, I, I don't know the analogy to put, but just coming from that place of really struggling in terms of how life is unfolding and then finding that light. And when you find, when, when I found my light, it kind of put me on this path where life became more grateful. Everything around me became filled with gratitude. And, um, so I, I, you know, there's a, I think there's a pathway to doing that. That's a lot easier than we're being told. And that's my mission is to keep, uh, keep spreading the word on, on how we can work with our nervous system. And I think we're going to dive into this, but that was my big aha moment when I discovered the power of my own stress response and how I could shift the way that my mind was functioning, changed everything. So tell me a little bit about how you got into this business. I know, you know, you started sort of the nutrition realm was where you began and then you became a coach and created this incredible business. So tell mm-hmm. us that story. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had occupational burnout in my twenties, you know, living with ADHD, diagnosed, learning disabled, medicated as a child. And as I got into um, the working world, had all the adult stressors on top of my self-esteem and self-worth thoughts and you know, all of a sudden I got to that point where I was pre-diabetic, highly addicted to sugar and um, just uncertain of, you know, what what do I do next here? My health is crumbling. And and so I, I got very lucky. I found rock climbing. Rock climbing opened up this whole doorway to being able to really just be at peace with myself. But understanding how biologically I started to do that through breath practice and being mindful, a little more mindfulness. And all of a sudden it it just led to my ability to heal myself, heal myself from being pre-diabetic, help manage my ADHD and put me on a whole other course of life that, um, yeah, it's been a beautiful journey since then. It's interesting that you went through a lot of this a few decades ago, right? And now it's, so prevalent. And I think it's a lot of people of our generation too that were taught a certain formula and just to keep going and to keep pushing and to never stop and not care for ourselves. And self-care seems like a word that isn't like achievable for most of us. Like it just feels like something that, you know, is for other people because we weren't taught yeah. that. So I think first of all, I mean, kudos to you to recognize at that time in your life to make those changes. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that, you know, we need people like you more than ever right now to help navigate this journey, which you navigated at a time. Like I said, you're sort of like before so many of us needed this kind of help. And I really, really, really resonate with the whole sugar addiction thing. So tell me just, you told me before we started how much sugar you were eating in a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, not knowing it at the time, how obviously I knew there was something wrong, but didn't know how bad it was, but 92 teaspoons a day was my average. So, you know, breaking that down into the types of foods I was eating, Mm -hmm. obviously it was a heavily processed food diet Yeah, and it was just part of the mechanism of my brain's use of sugar as a way to keep me stuck in this looping pattern of thoughts 
Mm. that sabotage my my ability to be grateful with life and be connected to life and you know when i when i again this idea of well what is it about rock climbing that that did whatever it did biologically you know having the ability to in the moments of life that i am about to take an action that doesn't serve me to have the ability to notice the relationship between my mind and my nervous system in that moment and use my nervous system to teach my brain to be okay, to feel safe, to feel loved. That's what changed my relationship to sugar. It's what changed my relationship to everything in life. But it required me being very mindful of the moments my brain was trying to create a stress response. And so you think like climbing, you know, you're spending hours and hours and hours immersed in this relationship with your own stress response. Nobody does that. Like who 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 spends time really trying to nourish that usually we're just stuck in our thoughts and life is just unfolding and you know it, it starts to trip us up in certain areas and unless we know that we can support the brain to let go and feel at peace it's hard to fully embrace a life of being grateful as a former rock climber mountaineer myself i first of all i love that you were able to learn that through rock climbing. And there really is, you know, I remember moments in my climbing journey when I would, if you get out of where you are, if you're not present, how dangerous that can be. And also when your mind, for example, if your mind is focused on falling or you're not going to make it, or the hold is too slippery or whatever, I mean, that's, that comes true more often than not. And it's Mm -hmm. such a great example of how our mind works in that moment. And sometimes like myself included, I forget that, you know, that happened. I could do that with rock climbing and sometimes bringing it into the rest of my life is very hard. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you say you turned the sugar addiction into a powerful source of love. Was there something specifically that was a catalyst for you to take what you'd learned through rock climbing and apply it to the rest of your life? Because I think sometimes that's what's really hard. We can do these really good things over here. Yeah. But on the rest of our life, we're still really struggling and we're not able to to transfer that information or that wisdom into another part of our life. Yeah. And you know, this for me is, it kind of led to this idea of the six steps, call it the Unleash Your Energy Roadmap. And these six steps, uh, essentially what I started to recognize is, so in climbing, I'm able to reset this fight or flight response. I started to recognize that feeling and realize, wow, this is what permeates in all the other areas of my life. I feel this anxious everywhere. So it, 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 it got me into this idea of, okay, so step one, step one being you need to assess where you're being disrupted. Where is your mind right now creating patterns around your life? And these are the key themes. So there's four of them. There's your health, your relationships, your finance, and your career. Now, our mind tends to use those to keep us stuck in these triggered responses because the brain being a survival organ loves the adrenaline as its main source of energy, the adrenaline from fight or flight. So, and this is what I do with all my clients. The first thing is we have to map those out. What is it that you notice in your life that's creating these disruptions? Obviously sugar for me was one of those. And I realized, okay, so biologically I'm resetting my nervous system in the moments when I'm climbing Um, It's through a very particular breath practice called heart flow. And then I brought it into the moments where I was craving sugar. I said, okay, I'm going to now start to use the same practice I do climbing here 
in the kitchen when I'm about to grab the bag, the bag or box of cookies, particularly shortbread cookies. <laughs> and uh, I, I noticed pretty quick, you know, having been told for years that Adam, you should go on this diet and start this fitness program and do that, you know, and every one of those left me feeling so frustrated and guilty and added to the stress. And now all of a sudden I found a way where I could just create a moment's pause with my brain's desire to get me to, to jump at the sugar, reset my own nervous system and shift what was possible next. And I didn't have to eliminate the sugar just by creating the pause and shifting my own biology it became easier and easier to let the sugar go and manifest more of what is al- in alignment with how I wanted to feel. And that's then the next steps. It's like step two is really starting to work with your mind in this way. Step three is shifting your ability to know how you want to be and how you want to feel in those moments. So how did I want to feel in the moments I was craving sugar? I had to get in touch with what that was so that I could replace the energy to be vibrating in that way versus just frustrated about that I'm about to eat sugar. And and then it was really all about optimization after that. Once I understood that this is a nervous system game, and as I learned how to nourish my nervous system and my mind in all those different areas that I identified were triggers, I then started to be able to look at my nutrition, which is where the book came from, my sleep and my movement afterwards. And that's now you have your foundation in place. Now you can start to look at all the ways that you can optimize through our our you know our, our Western style of, of wellness. But if you try and do those beforehand, it's very difficult to do, and it creates a lot of stress sometimes. So this worked really well for me, and I've been living it for 15, 20 years now. And helping serve clients in this way too. Well, you know, because and so much of that came from the need for community. You know, there's this beautiful energy that when you understand how to regulate yourself, you know, this, this idea of the quantum field. So all of a sudden I'm regulating myself in a very beautiful way. And it's not about being perfect at this, but most of the time I'm in my parasympathetic nervous system state. That's a gratitude state. Yeah. And And you feel it, you feel really fulfilled, but what it also does is it helps you co-regulate others. And we're in a time in the world where we need more and more co-regulation from those of us who understand how to regulate. And especially for us parents, you know, if you, if you have young kids, that's what allows your child to feel safe and feel loved. It's not your words as much as it is your expression in your nervous system through how you're feeling about yourself and how you're holding your nervous system for them to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. And for your own inner child to feel safe too. Yeah. Yeah. How much are we, you know, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're not, and you're listening right now, but we all have an inner child who's just begging to feel safe. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're in that Gen X where, you know, we didn't grow up a lot with that safety, that, that thing from our, our parents where we originally had those attachment bonds and the safety from our parents. So I think this can apply whether you have children or not. Um, Okay, just to review for those that might need a bit of a reminder, you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned fight or flight, parasympathetic. Um, can you just review for people like what those terms are and and what that means sort of and how our body acts? Yeah, yeah. And like I mentioned, I mean, uh, in terms of the the steps involved, 
um, without having to take notes during this, I do yeah. have that PDF that all your audience can grab through the website. Um, but, you know, trying to make it make sense uh, for me, having not have having the knowledge or the language around what it is I'm, I'm discovering here. And as I started to, to really dissect what I was able to do for myself, Mm-hmm. It really came down just to the 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 basics of it is understanding that my brain is always going after a source of energy. And until I can teach it to let go of the need for it to go after energy, and I could actually use my heart as the more powerful energetic source of my being, it allowed my mind space to let go of, you know, on average, we have 70,000 thoughts a day. So if we let that continue to run how we operate, there's no space for the heart to be present in that. Mm. And so as I utilize my breath as my primary access, it just opened up the heart to show the energy it wanted to, to guide with. And all I had to do was continue to, to be committed to noticing and essentially the idea of being a student of my own behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, and and really honoring that and not getting lost in my my mind's stories of myself. You know, you mentioned this idea, and hopefully we're not going off too much here from your question. All good. good. You you mentioned this idea of the childhood experiences and how the mind functions. There's an interesting thing that happens, I think, that's not talked enough about in terms of what does the brain do when a, a child has a stress response? And I know for myself, you know, the moments I was diagnosed ADHD and, and told I was learning disabled, that gave fuel to my brain to create thoughts that I got lost in for a long time. And I think it's important that us as parents understand this when we label our kids or when our kids have a, a stressful moment, they get yelled at or they get bullied on the playground or they have their first breakup. Their brain goes through this experience that is quite pleasing to the brain because it's a moment of fight or flight for the child. Right. So the brain likes to look at it. It says, okay, here's a, here's an opportunity. I can create an algorithm out of these thoughts that keeps us locked in those patterns. And for myself, self-esteem, self-worth, shame, and guilt were, were a large part of what took up my mind for a long time and led to my addiction to sugar and other things. And the, the importance is recognizing that, okay, so when we train our brain to feel safe and feel loved through the heart, through these practices, it opens up a doorway for us to have so much more more space for presence to be where we live. But until we teach the brain this, we won't really fully understand what presence feels like. And again, that idea of, of connecting to gratitude as our dominant vibration, it's it's one that we just don't seem to fully be able to grasp. Yeah, there's a beautiful connection between our breath and gratitude. And we we cannot exist in that fear state, that fight or flight state and in gratitude at the same time. And what I've learned is the easiest way to get into that gratitude state is to stop and to breathe and to remember where to breathe, how to breathe, connecting to our deep you know, our deep breathing muscles, getting out of the shoulders coming up, the belly out instead, those kind of things. Do you have a short little, 
I don't know, I'm putting you on the spot, but a little breath sort of thing that our listeners could try. Maybe even in this moment, they might feel, you know, this is bringing up some anxiety for them. So what would be a great way for them to connect back to their breath and their heart? Yeah. Well, my breath practice that I discovered through, through climbing, which is what I call heart flow. And it's, it's the primary basis for building a stronger foundation. All my clients, this is the, the number one thing that they learn when they come into their programs. And it's critical that we understand that this has to be something that's easy to do and fits our busy lives. Otherwise, it creates stress. So, and I'm not knocking meditation, but meditation was always a source of stress for me and was always difficult to do, although we know there's so much benefit from it. So, this is, an, it, it, hopefully, you can look at as just bringing these really, really micro moments of meditation, of mindfulness but you're doing it in a way that's training your vagus nerve to be in what's called coherence. And so it's a 33 second breath practice. You're doing four seconds in seven seconds out three rotations, four in seven out four in seven out. I put my hand on my heart. I close my eyes, you know, and slowly go through that. The key to the resetting of the nervous system is in the rhythm of your breath. And as long as you keep a nice, clean rhythm for all three of those, four in, seven out, it will clean the vagus nerve up to create a beautiful connection to the executive function of your mind, and it will give you back your critical thought. And it'll help you feel peaceful. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so can we try it together? And invite So podcast listeners, I invite you that if you're listening to this, maybe you're walking or you're driving. Find a place where you can pull over safely or maybe just sit down. Maybe if you're walking, sit down on the grass, connect to the earth. And let's just take those 33 seconds together. I'm passing it it to you to lead me through that. Yeah. And you know, if if your eyes are open, that's fine. If you're driving, you know, I'll do this in line at the grocery store and, you know, I'll I'll be in traffic and, uh, you know, I used to get road rage and now it's, you know, it's, it's a moment to breathe and connect. So yeah, let's, let's dive in. So I'll count us through, and we'll start with the uh, the in breath of four. Okay, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four. One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven. Last one. Two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If you're not smiling, I know you skipped this part because I do feel like I just want to smile and like bring en- good energy in back in from that moment. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that gift, Adam. That was so beautiful. I really appreciate it. And so easy. You know, you mentioned about meditation and I've been working mm. on building my meditation practice and and trying to do better with that for sure. Because I, like you said, there's definitely benefits to it. And sometimes I struggle with the racing mind and the, the, you know, repetitive thoughts. And even like you said, um, I had, I had a streak on a meditation timer 
And then it became stressful because I didn't want to miss using my meditation timer so that I would lose my streak. And I'm thinking to myself, this isn't really what the, I'm sure this isn't what the app is about, right? I understand the benefits of like the encouragement of a streak and the the gamification. And on the other hand, it was causing me a little bit of stress and anxiety because I didn't want to break my streak. So I get it. (laughs) Right. And we're type A personality, right? You're when you're goal setting and you're, you're striving all the time. Sometimes, you know, worrying about a streak can, can get in the way. So, well, it's funny because meditation is one that, that is so highly um, focused on as a, as a, as a main source of wellness, but yet my mind used it against me because it noticed as soon as it started to create stress, the mind likes to, Oh, there's a pattern. I can start to use meditation as a way to trigger Adam. So that's, you know, it's just being mindful that if we do not help the mind through that, it's going to make it a difficult thing to stick to. Yeah. Now you have a lot of experience coaching. Uh, I know that in the past you've worked more with corporate clients, but how are you serving people today through your coaching work? Yeah. I mean, predominantly working with really busy parents, you know, and uh, got into through a process. Um, it's called the Unleash Your Energy Foundation. And it's a process of activating your nervous system in a way where your brain starts to support you, helps you feel more connected to your loved ones. But obviously at the core, it's feeling more connected to yourself. And when you have that that connection to yourself, it allows you to be that beacon of light for your kids, for your colleagues, for your family members, your community, the world. And it's a three-month process, and it's very community-oriented, where everybody supports one another, and we're all in co-regulation together. And we know that there's a lot of isolation out there right now. There's a lot of loneliness, and the, you know, the last three, four years has really ramped that up. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I think uh, we're just at that time where community is such a critical part to our overall wellness and our ability to to enjoy a very grateful life. I agree with you on the community part. As someone who moved to Vancouver Island here off the west coast of Canada, and I know you're a you're a BC person as well, but I live on an island, which <laughs> I moved here, you know, not long before the pandemic. I hadn't really built, you know, all the communities that I'd started to build just shut down immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's only been in the past year or so that I've really felt this community connection through the people that I meet at sunrise at the beach. I'm a sunrise mm-hmm. photographer and I've been doing cold dipping and those people have become my community. And I almost didn't realize how much I missed a community feel until I had it back. Yeah. And I think that's part of it is we forget how important as human beings having a supportive community is. Yeah. And I love that you're running your coaching in a way that that community part is is really in the forefront. That's Well, fantastic. it's everything, you know, as you teach somebody to regulate their own stress response to life, it automatically you know, it needs it needs that kind of support for it to be sustainable. Otherwise, the brain it's powerful. It, it if you're trying to do things alone, it's a very tricky and and hard way to go. Yeah, you know, and 
we know right now that uh, again, that's that's what we need, and especially for parents. We need to we need yeah. to have a little more resilience behind this so that we can be the best version for our next generations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not been an easy time for parents, especially no. those with, you know, younger children that are still at home. Yeah. The past few years have been definitely challenging. So I love that. I love the work that you're doing. Yeah. Adam, I would love it if you would share some of your personal gratitude practices with mm. our audience. Yeah. Well, I, you know, there's the the one that for me has been over the last 10 years, the most powerful is doing a practice of eye to eye contact with my, my daughter and now my son who's eight. And in that process, um, giving them the opportunity to tune into what my vibration of gratitude feels like. So, you know, I have a lot of practices that I, I identify as having a vibration of gratitude, but that's the one that I specifically am focused on the gratitude for my role as a father, my gratitude for, for having having my kids in my life in this way, but knowing that when I do that with them, they're energetically contributing the gratitude back because they understand the practice. And there's something so powerful about that that um, I it, it, yeah, I highly recommend giving that one a try. So, what is it? You just sit with your child and like, do you say anything? Do you just look in their eye? Yeah, no, it's, we, we start in the morning before we uh, get all the chaos of the day happening. And uh, we intentionally just sit and look in each other's eyes and it, there's no time frame on it, but you know, usually it ends in a couple of big smiles or a giggle or, you know, somebody does something silly or, or the dog comes and starts licking our face and that usually stops it. And, but it's, it's more of letting it be, so first thing in the morning for sure because otherwise it starts to disrupt that kind of energy right away yeah but giving it the space to let it go where it wants to go sometimes it'll end in sharing some really beautiful things and um yeah it's it's by far my most uh powerful and and uh, grateful practice we have wow adam i say this Every time, but hmm. I have been doing this podcast for more than three years. I have interviewed probably 150 people, and I've never heard anyone share that before. Hmm. It's a gratitude practice. So thank you for that. I just love so much how gratitude, there are endless ways to practice, and we can constantly be changing and adjusting the way that we express ourselves in a grateful way or connecting gratitude to others because there's no... There are no rules around gratitude. There's no specific way you have to do it. It's just finding ways that work for you and the people that you want to connect with. And I am making note of that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So we're wrapping things up and you briefly mentioned you have a six-step process that mm -hmm. you're sharing with our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can get that at my on my website at clearimpact.io clearimpact.io. And essentially it's it's called the Unleash Energy Roadmap. It's the six steps that all my clients go through just to start to um, get in touch with what's possible, you know, a fresh approach to to living it, connected to more gratitude, but also the best version of, of ourselves possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, we mentioned a bit of it earlier in, on the podcast, but the, the downloadable um, PDF goes into detail on each one. And you can see how it fits into your life. Fantastic. I will be downloading. And, 
you know, looking for some guidance with my own sugar addiction. For those that know me outside of the podcast, it's something that regardless of all the wonderful, beautiful lifestyle practices that I have, it is still something that I have struggled with. I can go through months without eating it and then it comes back into my life and I definitely still have this struggle. So I'm going to give some of these uh, practices a go for myself. I'll keep you posted. Maybe I'll update the podcast audience in the next month or so and let them know how this is this is working for me because I am definitely someone who very much struggles with this. So Yeah, I appreciate that, Julie. Yeah, and thank you for having me. I, I appreciate being on. It's been wonderful. So thank you again, Adam Hart. Um, you can find him at clearimpact.io. Thanks again for being such a wonderful guest here on the podcast. Right on. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.